coming up on this week's episode of Last Week. This week, NXT took a 2-1 lead in the Wednesday Night War series as chosen by Mr. YLP himself. And dare I say, both shows came out swinging last week to garner the love and affection of one Mr. YLP himself. And it takes a lot in order to do so, trust me. I've seen and I've known. But that's neither here nor there. You ain't come here for that. Especially with the strength of NXT coming off of a banger takeover special last Sunday. Going into this week, the Fallout episode of the Black and Gold Standard was a damn good one and definitely caught the eye of Mr. Wild himself. But also, AEW is on the road to revolution. And they were giving us haymakers of storylines. So much so that even Mr. Wild himself was quite amazed the spectacle he saw. So what, in his mind, at least he told me, was that it really came down to the other parts of the shows themselves. Not the three major points we usually talk about on last week, this week, but the remainder of the cards on both shows. That was the key to victory this week. That's how, in his mind, good of a Wednesday it was. Would AEW be able to tie it up at two? Or does NXT go into week five of the three? Card winning streak. Three shows in a row? Hard to come back from. You're going to just have to sit back, relax, kick your feet up, and find out who won last week. Because it is Monday, February 22nd, 2021, and this is episode four of last week. This week, let's hit that intro. Let's get it started. And with that being said, let's begin. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are listening to the Young Lions Perspective on Wrestle Addict Radio! and gentlemen, it's Monday, February 22nd, 2021, and this is episode four of last week, this week, the show where we go back in the time machine seven days and check out what went down on last week's episodes of A Dynamite and NXT. Break it all down, and we choose a winner, and in week five of the Wednesday Night War. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day. 
so far. And uh, pardon me for the lengthy intro. Mr. Wild himself wanted to make sure he was quite adamant that uh, it be known that it is 2-2 on the Wednesday Night War Series AEW as chosen by Mr. Wild himself. His mind won last week. I was quite surprised. I actually thought, personally, NXT had a bit of a better show across the board, but it is not up to me to decide. It is up to me to make sure I convey the information that I have been given by Mr. Wyatt himself out to you as well. Apparently made for his mind. But, none, nonetheless, this was as close as it could get, as I said in the intro of this week's episode. This was very close. You know, the three major points I'm looking at are very solid points in our big, big storylines we did. So much so, that we had to omit a couple. I am apparently involved in the process, I just lay out ideas and he looks at me like I have a weird face. And, uh, well, it bees what it bees at that point. But when it came down to it, when you're looking at both shows, not only do you have to look past the major parts, you have to look at everything as a whole. That's how we, that's how pretty much he and I pretty much break it down and try to actually do that, we argue a bit, but in, in the end, if you make the proper case, you can be persuaded and swayed. I could not agree more when you look at everything across the board. AEW had the better week. Both shows came out swinging. I not at all, 100%, discount that at all. Both shows were solid. Now, for those of you that think, you know, oh, you know, we choose, the, we choose the victor, you know, due to ratings. Ratings have no part of this. Just so you guys know, ratings have no part in the final decision. That is what is being chosen. It's chosen by by the entire part themselves. Did they have a good show? Were there some points? Were there some points where we could just be like, we could bypass that and 86 it? Or is it something that has to factor into the entirety of the show itself? Which, as it does. So, we don't take ratings into account. We go by what the show was and what they were giving to us in terms of storylines. Were they furthering storylines? Were they actually creating solid, solid new ones? You know, were they advancing TV feuds and were they advancing their feuds going into the pay-per-view? And that goes for both shows because both shows have the popular ability to actually book feuds for TV and feuds for bigger shows that they're going to have to take place later in time. So that's kind of the, the decision that had to go down this week. So I wanted to make sure I relayed that information out to all of y'all just so we were actually in fold with everything. So now that we got that housekeeping out of the way, I got one more piece of information, one more piece of information, programming note. Um, I figured I'd let you guys know now. So, you know, I'm not hitting you this with just at a moment's notice, a quick thing. March will be a very, it would be one of those, what I like to call spring vacation times um, for yours truly for the YLP podcast. Uh, as y'all know, I usually uh, try to take two vacations throughout the year. This one happened to be earlier than it usually does. Usually I would take my spring vacation into May for uh, Memorial Day weekend, but with everything going on with pandemic, um, we had to change things up a bit. So just so y'all know, you can write this on your calendar, all that good stuff doesn't matter, putting your uh, calendar, your phone, it's all good. So March 3rd through the 8th, um, yours truly will be out of uh, the state and away from the podcast. My uh, my team already has been informed about it. And March 3rd through the 8th, I will not be here. I will be going, I will be actually be in this, the Pine Tree State where um, 
March 19th. Just so y'all know, Limitless Wrestling will be having their show, Double Vision, on IWTV. Just so y'all wanted to make sure you wanted to check that out. And of course, um, you know, we are sponsoring the show as a whole. And matches. But I will relay that when the time is right. Um... So I will be out of the seat for that. I have a little private matter to attend to involving Miss y- uh, future Mrs. YLP. So we have to take uh, care of that private matter. Um, if you heard a couple episodes ago as to why, you'll understand. Um, towards the end of, I believe, uh, a couple shows ago um, with her father, unfortunately, passing away um, last month. So I am attending that manner. Um, because, because, you know, that's how you, you got to do shit. Sometimes you got to be there in those moments. So I'm taking time away from the podcast for that. So in terms of episode 299, which would be on the, I believe the sixth. No, actually, yeah, actually it would be the fifth. My apologies. Um, I will be, of course, uh, episode 299 of the podcast will not be taking place on the fifth. It will be taking place on March 12th, 2021. Just so you guys know. So 298 will be this week. 299 will be taking place on March 12th. Also, um, episode, I believe that would be episode 6 of last week. This week will also not be taking place on March 8th as I am coming back home from uh, said trip in Maine. Coming back. And I will be only working, actually, about four of those days. But 11 days later, after I come back from that, I will be going to Denver um, on March 19th. And from March 19th through March at least 30th, I will be away as well. So there will be a lot going on with that. So you'll be getting episode 5 and episode 299 of the podcast. 299 will be taking place on March 12th for news of the week. And episode 6 of the podcast would apparently then be taking place on the 15th of March. So I wanted to keep you guys. I don't. I like to keep you guys in the dark with that. If I'm going to be going away, I want to let you guys know sooner rather than later. So again, from March 3rd through March 8th, I will be away, and from March 30, March 19th until the 30th, I will be also be away. So that will kind of take away from some episodes, but still, episode 300 is on the horizon, and we'll be taking care of that as such. And that will also kind of give me time to kind of figure out what I want to do for episode 300 of the YLP podcast. That's a huge announcement for me. The Spartan episode. The Sparta, the 300th episode is it is looming, and I'm very excited to do it. But of course, um, this was a March 19th through 30th was also a planned vacation that I was already taking, planning on taking anyway. So just keep you guys in now. I'm gonna keep you guys in the dark. Want to keep it transparent with y'all. So I will be away from those dates, and I will be giving you guys information in terms of episodes and all that. We'll I will keep you guys involved with that as much as I possibly can because I don't want to keep you guys in the dark. With episodes, I'll have a whole lineup. I'll put it on my Twitter, probably Twitter and my Instagram, and let you guys know when episodes will be taking place. So that way, none of us are, you know, it's just out of nowhere, all that stuff. I wanted to let you guys know about that for sure. Don't want to keep you in the dark with that, but I've already been wasting nine minutes of your time, and uh, we haven't talked about pro wrestling yet. So let us talk about AEW Dynamite since they have garnered the victory for the week. They get first crack at everything, and unfortunately for this week, there will be no three-win streak, and NXT will be forced to play second fiddle. So let us get into AEW Dynamite. And Sunday, 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 March 7th, 
Get ready for what could be recognized as the biggest spectacle in all of AEW history. Kenny Omega and John Moxley will battle each other for the AEW World Championship in an exploding barbed wire match? Now you understand why I call today's episode You Never Go Full FMW. Yes, we are going to be getting an exploding barbed wire match. Whew. There's a lot to unpack from all of this with Kenny Omega, with Moxley. And it all stems basically from the six-man tag. That went down on Wednesday night. So we're going to focus more on that. We're not going to focus on Kenny talking to the kids and reading books and whatnot. And Nakazawa getting pounded by 13 kids. Hilarious. But we're not going to talk about that. We are not. We are not going to do that. So what we are going to do is talk about keep the focus on the six-man tag and keep the focus on everything that happened leading up to the match itself. So we had Eddie Kingston, who was the one who requested this match. And he had a good amount to say uh, from this episode. He said, this is for you people out there that don't get it. I requested for this match. I want this six-man tag because there's three demons I got to deal with. One, Lance Archer has been after me since the Casino Battle Royale. We had a Lumberjack, Jack Max. You won. It doesn't sit right with me. Two, Ray Phoenix, Oasis Space, who I never wanted in the fam. I only wanted your brother. But then you turn away from us get Penta to turn on me, and you think you're not going to pay for that? And then there's you, John Moxley, an old friend. You're the one I need to get rid of the most. I can't get rid of you with drinking, pills, women, whatever. I can only get rid of you, I can only get rid of that demon by beating you up. Apparently, his feng shui is all the way fucked up. Way past Robitussin helping the thaws. But of course, y'all know John Moxley had a response. He had a lot to say. Saying Eddie Kingston has requested this six man tag tonight. Always had with a stick up his ass. He's got problems with Archer, with Phoenix, and with me, apparently, still. Even after all this time, even after everything you and I put each other through, I'm the only one here who actually cares about you. But I will whoop your ass so many as many times as it takes to get that through to you. I have a lot of business. After tonight, I let the NJPW strong. February 26th, but a whole world will be watching me attempt to break Kenta's neck and put his ass in the ground for good. Then, it will be the rest of the sons of bitches where I take back my AEW World Championship from Kenny Omega. I told you, there is no running or hiding. As long as it takes to settle the score, you're still in my crosshairs. That time is getting closer and closer to pull the trigger. Yes, a lot of shit talking to go around with that one. A lot of shit talking. And this match was everything you would expect it to be. Because again, intertwining storylines. You know... You got Archer and Kingston having a thing since the Casino Battle Royale. 
Phoenix broke away from the group with his brother to reform Death Triangle with Pac. Moxley and Kingston just... It's a thing. And then, of course, you involve the Butcher and the Blade and all of it. It all meshes. And they have all the chemistry in the world. The chemistry was really good in this matchup. I was thoroughly happy with the, with everything that happened in this matchup. Of course, Moxley getting the victory on Kingston made sense. Hitting that Death Rider, keeping him strong, going into NJPW Strong on February 26th. So they had to keep him strong. Also helps the cause for Archer. Also helps the cause for Phoenix. When eventually uh, Penta comes back and, re- and Death Triangle's reformed, I'm sure there will be some sort of six-man tag that will be absolutely insane between the six of them. Mm. Remember to drink your water, kids. Got this new Crystal Light uh, squeeze bottle in it. Tropical Paradise Punch is quite divine. Keeps the taste buds all nice. I digress, though. This was crazy. All types of crazy. The entire matchup was fun to watch. And and plus, there were so many styles you can involve in that matchup. And then just points in the match where you're just thinking, yeah, I like this. You know, brawling to start the matchup. And what I did like the most with the intros is that they had, of course, the family already in the ring. And Archer, Moxley, and Phoenix coming out together. You know, they play play their theme music, but they all came out the same way. You know, through the, the car line. And just, I like that a lot. I like that they were able to come in together as a, a, you know, a trio. Instead of just coming out separately, makes sense. Good thought. Very nice detail. I appreciated that a lot. And then you just had them all brawling like crazy to start the matchup out. You know, Phoenix going after Blade. Moxie taking Jason Kingston out of the ring. Butcher and Archer pretty much going at it into the barriers. Um, Phoenix throws Blade into the pose. Kingston throwing hands on Moxley. Um, Phoenix taking Blade down, Butcher and Archer, you know, brawling in the timekeeper area. You know, Moxley whipping Kingston into railing, you know, Bunny freaking the fuck out. And this was, and it, and it, and it just pretty much went going from there. It just flowed. All of it just flowed. It was really nice. It was just real. This was not, this matchup was really fun to watch. And again, so many different styles. You even had at one point, uh, Archer choke slamming Phoenix into the butchering the blade. That was fucking bananas. Like I'm just thinking, I'm like, is he gonna power bomb this man into the freaking uh into butchering the blade? No, straight choke slam. That's fine. We'll do that. Choke slam cross, and somehow turned it into a choke slam crossbody. And uh, then Archer goes and hits the cannonball on the outside. That was freaking. That was, that was just wonderful. Fan, this was just a wonderful main event. To watch, and of course, it, it progresses everything in with all six dudes, um, with Kingston and Archer, and then with Moxley and Kingston still having a thing. Phoenix, it just, it just, it's just so well done, and everything about it was just good, and it really showed um, how much you know they really enjoy the details of storylines. That and that was very impressive. What happened after that, though? Um, Good Brothers come out, attack Moxley for what he said about coming after Omega. You know, after they beat him up for a little bit, Omega comes out to the ring. Hey, John. Wow, don't look so tough right now, do you? If it's not a junkyard, you're looking kind of pathetic. I promise I wouldn't come out here, but I'm making an exception. He holds up papers. And he asks John, 
Do you have any idea what they are? This is my late Valentine's Day gift from Tony Khan. This says, this is my title contract that has a rematch, rematch clause slipped inside. But no worries, I'm in a giving mood because I'm such a charitable guy. So, you can have your automatic rematch for the world title. And it'll even be at Revolution. But I still hold the right to name that stipulation. If the BizClizz keeps beating you up, you'll just keep coming back. If... I beat you in a regular wrestling match, you'll be all jealous and still come back. You want to talk about breaking necks and putting people in the ground? Is that what I will have to do to you? In that case, how about this? Omega versus Moxley in an exploding barbed wire death match. You want to talk about having a trigger to pull? But I have the loaded gun. Moxley headbutts, dude. Gallows Anderson club him a little bit, then Omega hits two V-triggers. Mad as hell. Look what you did to me. Show him the belt. Look at the cut you put on my head. You will never get this title back, and it will only get worse from here. And the lasting image you saw was of Kenny Omega, his face, and the cut that Moxley gave him. From that headbutt. But still proudly holding the AEW World Championship. That was a fantastic way to end an episode. Don't get, me tw- don't get it twisted. NXT ended theirs properly as well. Very, very... I think they kind of had similar ideas. If, if we're both talking about it. But this was just well done across the board. Absolutely well done. I appreciate the ending to this. It was well fucking done. And they did exactly what they needed to do with this. And now we're getting an exploded barbed wire match. That's crazy. I haven't seen one of those since I watched uh, Pedro stuff on uh, IG. And they're talking about exploding barbed wire death matches. I don't. I can't. I swear. But we'll leander away from that for now. Because I can talk about that for God knows how long. But I want to get into Matt Hardy finally learning the language of the contract he mistakenly signed last week and realizing the ramifications of trying to put one over on Hangman Page. My goodness, this man, Mr. Matt Hardy, thought he was pulling a fast one on Mr. Hangman Page. Had a little tag team match. That was cute against the TH2. They do get the victory, though. Very nice. Uh, Buckshot Lariat, Twisted Fit, get the victory. All good things. But kicking off the show, not a bad matchup. Just, it's something we don't really worry about. What happened afterwards, though, was the big deal. So, you know, they're enjoying the victory. All is good. Sweet deal. Happiness. Rainbows, roses, and cookies. But of course, they had we had to get through some language. So they're two when I was a tag team. Hardy grabs the mic and says, "Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Hangman Page. How great does he look? Like a million bucks? No, a billion bucks. I'm excited because you are going to make a lot of money. That means I make thirty percent of a lot of money. You made the right decision. I'm proud and happy that you signed with me." Hangman grabs the mic. To say it, Hardy, probably you probably didn't pay attention at the bar. 
but I was always told, and some good friends once told me, always keep an extra set of papers rolled up in your jacket. You didn't realize it, you know, with the contract you signed either. Yeah. Matt tells him, no, I didn't. I just sent it over to the lawyer. So he brings up the legal team, which was the uh, Jackson Duval, the mascot of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, he tells him, I'm okay with you, you know, if you added some pork to the contract and all that. Jackson, give, uh, the, Jackson gives him the contract. He looks it over. He's like, wait, 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 wait. This is a talent representative contract. This is a match contract for AEW Revolution. Hangman versus Hardy one-on-one. And wait, what's this? And if I lose, you get my earnings for the entire first quarter of 2021? Yeah. Never trust a man who knows how to drink his ass off to uh, do some stuff. And if you noticed in the tag match, Hangman Page had a graphic on his uh, thing that said, he hired a shady legal team. That was your red herring. Devil's in the details, guys. Devil's in the details. I saw them just like, yeah, he did some shady shit. Matt Hardy comes to the realization and says, tells him, if that's how it is, then you need to be an honorable man and you need to put something of that equal value on the line. How about if I win, I get your earnings from the first quarter? Hangman says, like, I didn't see that coming. But I think we might have ourselves a big money match. They shake on it. Hangman tells him, you're finished. Jackson attacking Hangman because Isaiah Cassidy was in the costume the entire time and offers the hybrid to $3,700 if they kick his ass. So, I mean, it's $3,700. They come start whooping ass. Out comes the Dark Order. Negative one bringing the troops out. Reynolds, Silver, numbers 5, 10, Evil Uno, Snoo, Cabana came out and they just start beating the hell out of all four of them. Even Cabana spanks up <laughs> and Helico with his shoe. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. It was a very nice moment and then afterward, um, once they all got ran off, uh, the two, you know, Hangman and sees Dark Order, it's like, hey, hey. Um, Hangman tries to walk towards him, you know, but, you know, they walk away, which is understandable, you know, Hangman kind of told him, you know, I wasn't trying to get with the squad or whatever. But we got to remember that this storyline, the entirety of this storyline has been going on literally since day one of Dynamite, October 2nd, 2019. I'm surprised I actually remembered that date. They've been wanting to do this since day one to get Hangman Page into the Dark Order. Okay? If you've been watching since day one, this has been the storyline since day one. Now, at that time, Dark Order was more heelish, a little crazy, psycho, psycho. But now, with the passing of Brody Lee, they're a huge babyface squadron. And so this is at this. So ever since then, the ball has been rolling, and they thought they were able to get him. 
But Hangman Page had just got done dirty by Omega months prior. So that would cause, yeah, that would cause you to do some things. Especially with, you know, Omega beating um, Hangman in the World Title Eliminator Tournament final. And now we are on the precipice of possibly Hangman and Dark Order becoming frenzies. And that's pretty much what this story has been about since the beginning. Hangman trying to, trying to you know, their nefarious means to convince Hangman to join the Dark Order. Kenny Omega too. But now they're doing it for the good of Brody. And that's what it really comes down to for the good of Brody. And in due time, hopefully at Revolution, after all is said and done with the big with the money match between uh, Matt Hardy and Hangman Page, I think we will see finally, hopefully, for our sake, Hangman Order joining the Dark Order and letting that story become complete. That's the crazy thing, too, about this. That was the low-key storyline that we kind of forgot for a while, especially with, with Hangman and Kenny. But the, but, but the beautiful thing is they revisited it, and now they're hopefully going to come to a solid conclusion with the storyline in which finally Hangman Page joins the Dark Order. And I'm definitely here for it. 100%, I am here for it. And hopefully we get to see it happen because... It is going to get to the point where Hangman has to realize, you know what? You guys have been there for me all along. I am sorry. I want to be a part of the Dark Order, if you let me. And I think that will be a fantastic way to end it and allow Hangman to get into a stable. You know, and I guess, in a sense, become somewhat of the leader. Well, negative one run shit, because that boy would be talking shit, but Hangman could be a solid, you know, number two in the Dark Order. And hopefully that becomes the case. But to round out this side for AEW, it was only a matter of time before we saw Sting take any sort of bump in AEW. We've been talking about it. News of the week, we talked about it. We knew the severity. We knew what was going to happen and what kind of what, what they were trying to do with Sting in terms of taking bumps. We know how limited it was actually going to be. All of that. I'm not sure if we would call the power bomb that he received from Brian Cage quite unfortunate, but man, that was one hell of a bump he took. Yeah, y'all didn't think I was going to talk about this. Y'all thought I was going to talk about Little Miss Rehel. The tag title match, which was, which by the way was solid, and also kind of furthered storyline with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Because in that moment, you saw remorse from Kenny. So, um, yeah. Trust me, if I were just talking about strictly AEW, this would definitely be a part of it. But we got to talk about Sting though. Because this is a hot, this is a very hot, sto- hot, hot, hot storyline. But Sting, Sting, Sting was apparently supposed to be calling out the Dark, no, not the Dark Order, Team Taz. So Taz, Hook, and Brian Cage come out to the ring. Taz has the mic saying, all right, so all week, all I'm seeing all week long on AEW social media 
is Sting is going to call out Team Taz. That's all I'm hearing. But obviously, we're down a few men because Sting's stupid snow went south. But hey, there's no better time for Sting to come out and call us out. It's only three, not five. Where you at, Stinger? Of course, out comes Sting, Snow, all that good stuff. Having his bat to the ring. Taz immediately shuts off the music. And he actually steps in the ring. To which Taz replies, Sting, stepping in this ring is the worst thing you ever done. You need that bat. Because without it, you're done. Darby Allen literally got dragged around in FTW world, and you need backup. You've had that bat for years. Sting tosses the bat aside, throws off the jacket. Oh, so you're going to be a badass. He throws the coated cage, fires off haymakers. Sting throws cage into the corner, stomping away at him. Hook tries to use the baseball bat to choke Sting. He throws Hook off, jams him with the bat in his ribs. Cage throws a mule kick at Sting, brings him in. Picks him up. Powerbomb. Tal's yelling at Sting. I told you this would happen. I told you this would happen. The reason I bring bring this up as an actual point is because, like I stated, you know, we knew that it was going to be limited in the man's bumps with, uh, you know, because the man is 60 fucking one. (laughs) Let's not get that twisted. But uh, that was quite nice and quite impressive um, for him to take that bump. And for a guy like Brian Cage, um, from what I've been told, he he, is quite stiff uh, in the ring. Uh, I mean, do big. He does. he, He does stiff shit. And uh, it, it means what it means with that. But I have been really loving this storyline with Darby, with Sting, and Team Taz the entire time. This has been going on for for like 10 months now. But they make it seem like it's just a blur. And then we get reminded with a cool-ass video package, and then we're just like, it's really been that long? And now you get Sting involved. And now we're going to have a street fight. And Sting is actually getting involved taking bumps. I'm I'm perfectly fine with it. I hope he's fine. Because I'm sure it had been a while since he had taken a bump. But just like Bicycle, you learn to ride again. You'll never forget. I do like that they had Sting looking up at the lights. Nice little shot there from the camera. But this, was, this is one of those things where, like, okay, now they're really furthering the story a bit more. Darby Allen got dragged through the parking lot. Okay? And um, Sting was not one to back down. Pretty much looking at Taz, is like, I don't need this bat. The fuck you mean I need the bat for? What do you mean, bruv? I don't need the bat. I'm chilling. Big chilling at that. It's really nice to see Hook get Hook getting involved a little bit too, which I do appreciate. I do like the fact that, you know, with the kids of AEW, of course, Hook and uh 
Negative one, Brody Lee Jr. Or actual Brody Lee. Um, really seeing all of this and then Sting getting that power bomb. That was a tough ass power bomb to take. Rough power bomb. He took that shit. But I do love that I actually, you know, hi Marley. Hi. Um, <laughs> no, it's not in there. Oh, it is in there. Oh, the treat. Oh, the treat that future Mrs. YLP gave you. No, what why are you eating your bed? Don't come over here. Do not come over here. Lay down. <laughs> My apologies. Apparently, Marley was like literally eating at something on her bed, which was kind of weird. Uh, then again, my doge is weird, as is every other doge in the world. But we shall continue. But this, I think, really, this storyline has been, they really, really turned this up now. The fact that we've allowed, they've allowed Sting to take the bump and to eat that and having to take that from Brian Cage, that was rough. I mean, it could have been Powerhouse Hobbs. It would have been just as bad, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but this was nice. This was really, really nice to see that we're now getting Sting involved physically. You know, now they're going to... You know, we still got a few weeks before... What, we got two episodes before um, Revolution? So we got this week coming up. And then you got next week is the go-home. So... Now we're gonna see for the next couple of weeks what happens. You know, I'm sure Taz, we you know, we talking smack because now they took both of them out. They're not gonna make it. Maybe them we maybe go home show. They both come back. Big little brawl action, pull apart type shit. I mean, a little something, something. But yeah, now they have the upper hand. Team Taz has the upper hand now, going into the street fight in just a couple of weeks. And it's gonna be fun to watch. It's gonna be something that I can thoroughly enjoy. I mean, I've been enjoying Darby Allen. In AEW, even since he became TNT champion, I've enjoyed Team Taz a lot. You know, not just you know, Brian Cage being the FTW world champion, but Ricky Starks is definitely killing it. Since Powerhouse Hobbs came into it, he has definitely grown. And he and he looks like a heel. He looks like a monster-ass heel. Him and Cage in the tag team division would be nuts. Because then I would want to see Hager and Wardlow versus Powerhouse Hobbs and Brian Cage. Big dudes doing big dude shit. In the ring. Yeah, I'm for it. Just saying. I'm not saying it could happen, but it's kind of on my wish list. Just putting that out there. But this really is going to be fun. I'm hoping for a cinematic for uh, this so they can kind of do a little bit of cool shit. We'll see what happens. But um, yeah, I, I, I kudos to Sting for taking that bump. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't the hardest bump in the world to take. It probably was. I'm lying. But I, I do appreciate that they, you know, this was the time to allow Sting to actually take the bump. You know, we're only just now a couple of weeks away from um, Revolution, so they really bided like bided the time and made sure they, you know, like you know what, it's a couple of weeks. He can take it, rest a little bit, you know, all that good stuff, and then probably go home. Show will have him come back. You know, take the week off, relax, and then just go from there. So hopefully that's the case. And that, ladies and gentlemen is the victory lap for AEW Dynamite. When we come back, unfortunately for NXT, no three in a row, and they have to play 
second fiddle on the other side of episode four of last week this week we'll be right back What is going on, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager of Wrestle Addict Radio and your host of Kings of the Rings podcast. And if you have just $5 a month, that's right, $5 a month or about 17 cents a day, you can join our Patreon group where you will get exclusive access to shows that you will not get anywhere else, including Wrestle Wars, Watch the Throne, The Secret Files, and the pay-per-view show, just to name a few. Of course, we also have Fretz's Favorite Five and a bunch of other bonus content, as well as 15% off, 15% off of any of the merchandise we sell in our Teespring merchandise store. So head over to patreon.com backslash WrestleAddictRadio, all one word, for your chance to be a part of an amazing wrestling community. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with episode four of Last Week This Week. Unfortunately, the Black and Gold Standard could not make it three in a row and are forced to play second fiddle this week. But before we get to talking about what went down on NXT, I want to make sure you guys keep in mind that you check out the articles of War Page over on Written in War.wordpress.com. Yes, it is the written side of Wrestle Addict Radio and, well, pretty much the Wrestle Addict Radio family. And, of course, you know, you do have the audio, but you also got to have a solid written, the cure for the common wrestling blog, the articles of war. And, of course, I got to shout out the writers that we have over there. The Pen Fatale, Kitty Frost, Sylvia Knox, and Dirt Justice as well. As our feature articles that we have going into this week... Of course, y'all know, usually we have the Kings of the Night from the Kings of the Rings podcast. Of course, the tip of the crown, your top 10 tweets of the week uh, for TakeOver Vengeance Edition. Of course, the newest uh, chapter or portion of the Freeze Your Heart series. It's chapter 7, part 3. If you're into the fan fiction, you can check over, check out Kitty Frost right now and check that out as well as the Match of the Week and the King of the Night, Tip of the Crowns, all that good stuff over on writtenandwar.wordpress.com. Check that out today. Bookmark it. Do all what you need to do. All right? Because audio and written just goes together like peanut butter and jelly, y'all. So make sure you check that out. Writtenandwar.wordpress.com. Make sure you shout out all the writers that we have over there. But let's get into NXT. In due time, Adam Cole will speak his piece as to why he has been doing Cal O'Reilly dirty since TakeOver Vengeance Day. But if Roderick Strong trying to be some sort of kumbaya middleman was going to help the cause, Cal might as well have told him that there won't be any peace whatsoever. Kicked off the show. Kyle O'Reilly already in the, well, heading towards the ring. You all saw what happened Sunday at TakeOver. I keep replaying the moment over and over in my head, trying to make sense of it, but I can't. 
I'm shocked. I'm confused. I'm pissed off. And I'm disappointed. We were supposed to be unlike every other group that ever came and went in this business. We were special, and you ruined it all. For all of us. You kicked me in the face, but man, you stabbed me in the back. And the thing is, Adam, you're still my brother. Which is why I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. I gotta know what was what that was on Sunday, man. So Adam, I need you to come out here. I need you to explain yourself. And when you're done, I'm probably gonna punch you in the face, but I'm willing to hear you out. I'm right here, Adam. Roderick Strong appears. Mike in hand. Kyle tells him, wait a minute, this, wait a minute, this isn't about you, Roddy. Roderick tells him, you were right, we were special. The Undisputed Era is very special. Kyle, we know Adam. And speaking for myself, I know. Sunday. Adam did that basically based solely off emotion. We're brothers. It happens. You understand that. And I know right now in this moment that Adam regrets that decision. Kyle pretty much tells Roddy, Roddy, I don't need you to explain it. I need him to explain it. So you coming out here on this peacekeeping mission, it's wasting everyone's time. So stop it, Roddy. Don't, Roddy, don't get in this ring. I'm telling you, don't do it, Roddy. And it's not that I don't trust you, Roddy. You know what? It is that I don't trust you. I don't know who to trust. I barely trust myself right now. So I'm going to say it one more time, Roddy. I don't need to hear from you. I need Adam Cole to get his ass out here right now. Adam Cole, get your ass out here. Of course, Cole does not come out, but Finn Balor does. Telling him, saying to Kyle, you're not looking for me, Kyle? Well, I'm looking for you. You want to talk to Adam? Well, get in that line behind me. Because as far as I'm concerned, me and you, we have a little business we need to address. You see, on Sunday, you offered me your hand. And I knew I shouldn't have accepted it. But I did. And we all saw what happened. So you want to come out here and talk about trust? Roddy, 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 you shut your mouth. He didn't have anything to do with that. Hey, don't run your mouth. He had nothing to do with that. He looks straight at Roddy and says, if he had nothing to do with it, did you have something to do with it? Roddy returns the you know, response saying, obviously I didn't have anything to do with it. Then they get ambushed by Pete Dunne, Oni Lorgan, and Danny Birch. <laughs> to add the close out the segment. Mm. Later on, we had a six-man tag that William Regal announced. Lorkin, Birch, and Dunn versus Roddy, Kyle O'Reilly, and Finn Balor. Fun match to watch. Very fun. Very nice. I enjoyed it. I love these. I love it, you know, with these kind of six-man tags. They have a lot of storyline going on with it. But we all know... What happened? We saw it. We all saw it. We seen it. We were there. Okay. It happened. But we're still going to talk about it. Kyle Raleigh got done dirty yet again. Towards the end of the match, after a sling blade, uh, Fim goes to the corner. Uh, Birch comes in with gets in with the title belt. Referee's going after Birch for um, 
going after him with the title. Finn hits the shotgun drop kick on Dunn into the ref. Finn then decks Birch, climbs up top, looks like he was about to hit the coup de gras. Out came Adam Cole, shoving Finn into the ref again. Then Kyle goes out, and then Cole goes right after Kyle. Kyle gets up, boots him down, drags Kyle over to the seal steps. The king set up, brainbusters Kyle onto that. Snarling as he storms off. Oni crawls into the ring. Strong goes after him. Oni gets the belt. It's a strong knee. Strong then takes the belt. But out of instinct, after, uh, I guess, Roddy was trying to pick him up, Pele's Roddy. Dunn hits Finn with the bitter end. He gets the pin on the NXT champion. Boom, shakalaka. Kyle Riley got done dirty. Done dirty. Twice in four days. That's got to be rough. That's got to be fucking rough. Twice in four days. Man, that's got to suck. <laughs> that's really got to suck. But, yeah. Now, from what I've read, Kyle O'Reilly, not Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole is supposed to actually finally talk about why he did what he did. That's a little preview for the NXT preview that's supposed to be going down this week. Adam Cole will finally say his piece. As to why he did what he did. Now, we discussed it a little bit last week. On, I believe, Friday. We actually talked about it a bit. As well as last Monday. You know. Cole was getting, you know, had his had KOR's back. He was just, you know, endorsing him. He will be NXT champion over and over again. And Kyle didn't get the job done. So, in frustration, well... Sometimes this guy give man's a super kick. He's what it bees. But it's going to be interesting to see what Cole has to say. You know, with everything. Because that's going to be really a telltale sign of what kind of feud we may be getting in the future between Cole and O'Reilly. And how crazy will this get? I'm excited for it. I'm really excited to see what will go down between these two. Will it be the next Gargano Champa? Who knows? It could be. You already got the storyline prepared. Two former members of one of the greatest stables in NXT history. Breaking up. Over Adam Cole. Having to kick man's in the face. I mean, we'll see how it goes. And I'm just, I'm just like, I'm, I'm ready to see what Cole has to say. I'm ready to hear it. I'm ready to know why Cole did what he did. Hopefully you are too. I mean, this is now turning into some crazy shit that we're going to be going down this summer. And I expect Cole and O'Reilly to at least get be ready to go uh, for TakeOver in August. 
That is what I want. That's exactly what I want. I want to see this be a takeover match in August. They can have a couple, you know, one or two in the bag, but this needs to be at NXT's WrestleMania in August. That's what I need to see. That's what I need to see. And hopefully we do get it. Hopefully we actually get it. Now, I'm not sure if NXT had the budget to make two Dusty Cup trophies, but that's honestly beside the point. This trophy ceremony segment, to quote Moro Nalo, was in fuego. And really drove home the point that we were going to be enjoying two kick-ass tag team title matches on March 3rd. So we had the ceremony to crown the, I believe, the fifth ever um, men's Dusty Cup winners and the first ever women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic winners. Beth Phoenix was already in the ring, chilling, quoting Dusty when she said, when you're a walk behind her, the view never changes. What that means is that to be great, you have to take risk, step up, and lead. We can all agree, every single team in the men's and women's Dusty Cup tournaments did just that. She then uh, brings up the uh, the, cue, uh, the highlight reel of both teams. Of course, with uh, Kaya and Gonzalez winning the first ever tournament, while MSK won their first four matches to become the winners of the tournament. She goes on to say, two tag teams stood head and shoulders above the rest. So now we welcome out the winner. Of the 2021 Men's Dusty Cup, MSK. They come out saying, we apologize, we need to be in the moment, but, you know, this is the best feeling ever. Trophy's so beautiful, they hug Beth, admire the the boots, the plaque. We are the 2021 Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Champions. That feels good to say and great to hear, and what makes it even better is the opportunity we have. Carter continues to say, Danny Birch and Orny Loken, on March 3rd, you will step in the ring with NXK with the NXT Tag Team Championships on the line. Wesley says, that feels good. That does feel good. It'll be even better when we hear and new NXT Tag Team Champions MSK. Okay, back to you, Beth. So then Beth comes out and Beth introduces uh, Kota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Fans, fans chanting, you deserve it. Well, the fans that were there. Beth asks them how they're feeling. Dakota says, we feel awesome. Crushing the competition always takes our breath away. But in a moment like this is why we do this. And we were clearly the best tag team in the tournament by far. So it's no surprise that out come Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. And this is where shit got real. Because this is the best part. This is, the, this is the entire, the best part of this show. Personally, in my opinion. Look! It's Dakota Kai and Raquel. They just won the first ever Women's SC Cup. On that night, they were on the right side of history. Now, they get to face us for the titles. Uh, MSK hold the ropes for Anaya Shida to enter the ring. They continue on to say, on that night, you will be on the wrong side of history. Dakota then says, 
I know you weren't here when these two were here, here, but let me introduce you to them. This is Nia Jax. She is big and beats people up. And Shayna, well, she still has fans apparently, but she ran away after Rhea beat her ass. Raquel then says, oh, the same Rhea that I beat in a last woman standing match? Yep, one of the same. We then see MSK and Beth Phoenix in the corner grubbing on popcorn. I lo- <laughs> I, I easily paused that and I was just laughing my ass off for five minutes straight. That, that was probably the moment of the entire segment. Just seeing those three eating popcorn... Just, just looking on and shit, just like, yo, just getting real, yo, pat that popcorn. So, Shayna then tell, says, oh, this is the same Dakota, old Dakota that cried and whined, scared of me after I broke her arm. Dakota smirks at her and says, I'm not the same person I was then. If you want to find out, I'll happily kick your head off. Raquel then says, it's been a long time since you left, you two left, and you don't run this place anymore. We do. And in two weeks, when we face you guys for the tag team titles, we will make sure you two know that. Naya then says, we should take it all down a notch. This is getting really feisty right now. I just came here to honor the late, great Dusty Rhodes. I worked with Dusty while I was in NXT. When I closed my eyes... I'll never forget how you say to me, baby, you're one big, beautiful, badass bitch. A lot of alliteration there. And he was right. I am the biggest, baddest bitch. And we are the most dominant force in all of WWE. Raquel comes out and says, Nia, Dusty, God rest his soul, never got to meet me. Shayna comes out and says, with either way, in two weeks, March 3rd, the tag champs come to your home turf to humiliate you. But Raquel gets the last word saying, yeah, be careful what you say. In Spanish, of course. I'm going to take that silver boot and shove it up your hole. Oh, we ain't going to let that one die. We ain't going to ever let that one die. We ain't never going to let that one go. <laughs> we ain't never going to let that go. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> we ain't never going to let that one go. So much so you got to hear it one time with the... That left Wesley dead. He was just done. They come, they look, turn to them, and they're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> that was good shit. That was actually a really good little segment there between the two teams, man. That was very good intensity, you know. And, and of course, they had to use the whole thing. Uh, oh, she, homegirl home ain't never going to let that one down. I swear to God. <laughs> They ain't never gonna let that one die. I swear, if they, I'm not saying they're gonna get merged, but yeah, they they gonna let this one ride for a little while. 
<laughs> they ain't gonna let this one ride for as long as they gonna try to get every sip of that because we gotta hit it one more time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus, I'll give it a Don DeMarco for that segment. That was one of the best. That was the best of the night, man. Good, really fun, solid-ass segment and really drove home the tag team title match between the ladies. This probably is the most important women's tag team title match that we're going to get, I think, in 2021. I can't wait to see this matchup. Two weeks' time, well, actually now, coming this week, we only got one week left after this Wednesday. And, uh, yeah, but let me let me get the last point in before we call it a day on both shows. Santos Escobar believes he has options in terms of facing Karrion Cross on his own time. Problem is this, Mr. Escobar. Not wanting to face Karrion Cross may cost you more than you bargained for, and to write a check your ass may not be able to cash. Santos Escobar and Karrion Cross were supposed to go down last week. But, according to uh, Mr. Escobar, that one don't happen. You feel me? So there was an update, of course, from William Regal on tonight's match card. Receiving a message from Santos Escobar. Escobar states, I, I was to be in a match with Cross, and Cross made threats to me. But no one threatened Santos Escobar. So I will go home. I don't do this on your time, but on mine. The match won't happen. Regal says the match won't happen this week. But it will happen next week. Though the title is on the line, because... Karrion Cross is big as shit if Escobar decides to not compete against Karrion Cross, he will be suspended indefinitely and stripped of his NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Now we all know Santos Escobar ain't gonna do that. That's a threat. But he don't take too kindly to threats. But yeah, we'll we'll get that next week. Or should I say this week? We'll be all getting that. Because that's a, that's a match we can't let go to waste. So yes, Santos Escobar will be there next week. If he doesn't, that will mean he gets uh, to lose that Cruiserweight Championship of his. And that pretty much goes bye-bye from around his waist or on his shoulder. Very solid heel way to get out of it. But um, there was uh, some news. I believe um, the reason that this match did not come about was I believe it was um, an update. Um, from this, I believe they said, I believe it was reported that was a medical report. Let me see if I can find it from, uh, from any website. Let me see here. Ah, yes. So the news, so honestly, the news was that, um, I believe it was some like sort of injury protocol that, uh, Karrion Cross had to go through for that. 
And it is what it is. I mean, I understand, you know, some things might be happening. Something might have occurred. But, yes, the match was nixed sometime that afternoon, of course. Uh, Escobar, and like I said, no one threatens him and gets away with it, so he went home. So after that happened, Karrion Cross had a stopwatch. Scarlett talked about how Escobar likes to play games. But playing with time is not your forte as you do not have that power. She warns him, saying that there's no pause button on this nightmare. Cross stopped his stopwatch and says, Your destiny has already been decided, and there's no going back from it. So I'll, I have two options for you, and you've got a big decision to make. Option A is to show up next week and step into the ring like you're supposed to, and I will drive my arm to the back of your head on live TV. Option B is to not show up, get stripped of your championship, and then I'll catch up with you anyway and leave you laying where I find you. There is no easy way out for you, Escobar. Only the hard way. Tick-tock. I like this. I've been liking where it's going for a long time now. And they are really making this a worthwhile match to see, which is what I enjoy about NXT. They're making this worthwhile to watch. Of course, nice little TV feud. To help both men, because both men are actually in situations where um, there's no really top contender for the Cruiserweight Championship and carrying cross um, needs a feud. So what better way to actually have this happen and put two of what you're considering your top guys in the company and on the brand at this moment in a little bit of a feud right now. One one to hold carrying cross over until, he can, until they can figure out the entire matter with Ballard, Dunn, and everyone else. And of course, WrestleMania... But to be able to have him be a top contender for the NXT Championship once we know it's time it's time for a, a literal go time for Cross and Balor to get down with the get down. As far as it goes with Escobar, it's simply just, you know, keep him occupied until we have a top contender for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Praying it becomes Jordan Devlin sometime soon in the future because we need that title match to, to solidify who is the top Cruiserweight in the world in terms of NXT right now. But that's going to conclude the NXT side of things. And when we come back, we're going to set the entire table for this week coming up. For this Wednesday night's action, we'll be talking about what's going to be going down on both shows on the other side of episode four of last week, this week. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. My name is the Monday Night Delight, and my life has been pretty crazy. You see, I've been a wrestling fan since I was 10, and when I was 29, I started a wrestling show with my friend Mitchell called The Gift Podcast. You may have heard of it. It was great, but Mitchell met a girl that he thought was even greater, so he left the show when they got married, and I still love him. Anyway, I did the show by myself for a while, but that got hard, so I joined up with Rant with Ant and went to WrestleMania, where I met the Kings of the Rings, and that was awesome. Eventually, though, Rant with Ant went away, but Ant left us with WrestleMania Radio. Hooray! But then things got crazy in my life, and I decided to stop doing The Gift Podcast. For four months, I didn't do a show except when Goldberg won the Universal title from The Fiend. I mean, what was that all about? I was so mad and I had no outlet. It drove me crazy and I had to start a new show. The Delight Show. Every Wednesday, we talk about all elite wrestling, TNA, Impact Wrestling, pop culture, and if we really, really have to, the WWE. It's a fun time and I'd love for you to join me every Wednesday on The Delight Show on Wrestle Attic Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Bye!
All right, ladies and gentlemen, and we are here in the final segment of today's episode of Last Week, This Week. And y'all know what time it is. We're going to be talking about what will be going down this week on AEW Dynamite and NXT. And of course, as per usual fashion, winning winning show gets first crack. So, we're going to go ahead and talk about AEW Dynamite, what's going to be going down for them this coming Wednesday. We got Hangman Page taking on Isaiah Cassidy of Private Party after what happened with him and Matt Hardy last week. Isaiah Cassidy being the one to attack Hangman Page and start off the ooh-ha-ha. That was that particular segment. So, Page looks to get some payback on Cassidy going down this week. Now, on ProWrestling.net, they have an Eliminator Tournament match. Of course, referring to the AEW Women's World Title Eliminator Tournament and the Eliminator Tournament match. And then it says see below. <laughs> so what they're doing with the uh, AEW Women's World Title Eliminator is they're bringing most of it over to YouTube. I understand it makes sense for the uh, Japanese side of the bracket, given the fact that they you know, got to take care of business with that. But I don't understand as to why we're having that happen on the American side of the bracket as well. Again, they're trying. I, I have stated this is their single biggest opportunity to actually make something of the AEW Women's Division, and they're relegating their matches. Besides, well, not the Japanese side. I understand why. But you're talking about the American side of brackets, side of the bracket, and you're putting Anna J and Britt Baker. And Nyla Rose versus Tay Conti on YouTube. But I understand why. Just the fact that, you know, we're about a couple of weeks away from AEW Revolution. So I'm sure they want to get it all out of the way, possibly having the final uh, on March 3rd. And then having Sheeta battle the winner of said tournament at AEW Revolution on March 7th. Would have been nice if they started it a little bit sooner then. No, it's a thing. Especially, it would basically be what? Four, fi- four quarterfinals, uh, two semis, then one final on the American side. What's that? Seven matches altogether? Could have knocked that out. They had the two two quarterfinals matches in the first two weeks. Got to the semis. Had your final. On the go home. Well, actually, had your final uh, this week, technically. Now the winner of the Japanese side comes stateside. At the battle on March 3rd. And boom, you got your final there. Well, you have your championship match at AEW Revolution. I'm just saying, logistically, it didn't make sense to me. But, you know, hopefully they have a sense of urgency to make this happen because Anna J. Britt Baker is not a bad matchup. Now the Rose and Tay Conchie is actually not a bad matchup because I think they're revisiting either this match was supposed to happen and it didn't, or they're revisiting this matchup again. I think this is the former, though not the latter. I think they were supposed to have a match, and then uh, I think Nyla had to go on quarantine due to being contact with someone who had COVID 19. I think that's what it was, but if not, let me know. Uh, we will learn. 
Then we have, of course, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks in a warm-up match against the Varsity Blondes, the team of Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison, who I have stated they are one of my the three teams I'm really keeping a very solid eye on in 2021. Them, uh, Top Flight, and The Acclaimed are the three teams I'm really keeping a close eye on for 2021 because I know AEW is definitely making waves with their tag team division, and they are definitely making it seem as if these are three teams we need to keep an eye on for the future. So just to, just so y'all know what's going on with all of that. And then they have advertised Jake Hager versus Brandon Cutler. Now this is coming from the, uh, I believe the AEW World Tag Team Championship match between Santana and Ortiz and the Young Bucks. Of course, during the matchup, all the remaining four members of the inner circle were all thrown out due to MJF attempting to throw a punch, I believe, on Nick. Referee caught wind of that, sent him packing along with everyone else in the inner circle. Adorable. Um, so after the Young Bucks retained, all four members came back out, started beating up on uh, the Young Bucks, and there you go. So now, and I think during the whole thing, um, Brandon Cutler came out and tried to make the save for uh, Jake Hager. Not for Jake Hager. Uh, for the Young Bucks, uh, as they are cool. And Jake Hager pretty much took him out. So that's why we got the match that we have now. Along with, uh, you know, the Good Brothers coming out a little bit later than they normally would have. To make the save. But uh, it bees what it bees. I understand. You know, they're trying to, you're trying to get something going here. I understand. All right. So that's what we got going on for this Wednesday's edition of AEW Dynamite. For NXT, it's a little bit lighter. Um, they only had, from what I was able to gather, two matches pulled up for this Wednesday's um, card for NXT. But I will also talk about the uh, tag team title matches since they already have it set up. So they have advertised this Wednesday. Karrion Cross, of course, taking on Santos Escobar in a non-title match. If Santos Escobar refuses to show up and show out against Karrion Cross, he will be suspended indefinitely and will be stripped of the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Like I said in the last segment, Escobar going to show up. Escobar easily going to show up. It's not rocket science. We knew he was going to show up. I know he's going to show up. Because you got to let it, gotta have it happen. It's got to be something fire. Got to do it. I don't know what you're going to do, but he's going to do it. Because it needs to be done. And um, I am looking forward, really looking forward to this match. I really hope they make this the main event of this week's episode of NXT. I think this is just uh, has main event Easily written all over it. 100%. I, I mean, I'm in love with it. I've been wanting to see this matchup for oh, for quite some time. Since they've really started ramping things up with the feud between Cross versus Escobar. Perfectly happy with how they've been building this. And next week, we finally get all of that. Also, 
They have Zaya Lee versus Casey Kane and Zaro. So what happened with this is during um, Casey's and Kane's match against Jesse Kamea and Aaliyah last week, Boa was actually standing at the stage watching Casey and Kaden compete. As a, maybe as a sign of, you know, we're watching you type deal. Who knows? But, um, yeah. So after the match was over, Zaya comes out is on the stage. I think Kaden immediately comes out, starts talking smack to uh, Zaya. Casey pushes her aside and wants to talk to Zaya. You know, this is not you. We know this isn't you. What's going on? Tell us what's going on. Same thing they did the week prior. Zaya grabs Casey's wrist, has two fingers full of, I guess, charcoal or some shit, and I guess did the same thing that Tian Sha, Mei Ling, did Desire and Boa. Well, Shifu did Desire and Boa. Tags her and tells her straight up, next week, I will hurt you. I am going to hurt you. It's really cool to see, you know, Zia Lee's transformation from, you know, kind of low tier to giving her these vignettes with Boa to now linking up with uh, Tian Sha. Karen Q. Um, and being able to now build something within the women's tag team division. Not only the women's tag team division, but the women's division as well. You got a lower tier feud going on. Tag team-wise. And this is definitely something I've been wanting y'all to keep an eye on for so dang long. I'm telling y'all, Zia Lee is... I'm not saying she next up, but hey, she's definitely getting a push. And getting a push she is under the tutelage of Tiancha. And I know this is leading to a tag match. In the, de- in the in-ring debut of uh, Maylin in the ring with Zia Lee against Casey and Caden. It's only inevitable that we get this. It's only it's only right and inevitable that we do get this. It makes all the sense in the world to do so. And now they're taking that progressive step. Zaya taking on Casey. Now, Zaya as a heel. And we're going to see how this goes. Because it's going to lead to Zaya versus Caden. And then it's going to get to a point where John Shah is going to have to step in and handle some business. That's when we get the debut of her. And I cannot fucking wait because that's going to be absolutely all types of awesome for what we're going to be getting this coming week. Both shows are now this may be this may seem like a lighter week to some. And if we're being truthfully honest, this has the feeling of a lighter week. But if we're looking at it, you know, kind of objectively, to see what's going on, I would honestly give the the 
you know, the, the favorite right now to be AEW. That's just me personally. That's just kind of how I feel about the way they're trying to shape up the card because they still have a couple of weeks before AEW Revolution on March 7th. So it's not to say that, you know, they won't be able to take care of business. Uh, and I'm referring to NXT in that case with only two matches advertised. Plus, they also have Adam Cole supposed to be coming out this week and talking about, and, you know, talking about why he did what he did to Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor at TakeOver Vengeance Day and then fucking over Kyle O'Reilly in the six-man tag matchup. So this is definitely something that we're going to all keep eyes on, especially with Adam Cole. The KC, Kanan Zaro, Zaylee match should be really interesting. And I hope, please, Cross versus Escobar be a main event match that is easily worthy of our time. I'm all for it. But like I said, both shows have the possibility to actually take it. This is a, you know, this is this is definitely a gimme matchup. Both these cards, you know, from what I'm seeing, don't look too strong. And that's kind of not good in AEW's favor, given the fact that we're two weeks away from AEW Revolution. I would want them to go be going a little bit stronger going into their matchups. But hey, you know, sometimes... Low-key, 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 underrated match cards may actually turn out a lot better than we thought they would. It's happened many times before. There have been a lot of pay-per-views that have, you know, done this. But you know what? I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to sit back, of course, watch AEW Dynamite and NXT and see how they do this week. And ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be it for episode four of last week, this week. When we come back, we'll close out the show in proper Wildby fashion and get you ready for episode 298 of the YLP podcast. We'll be right back. Episode 4 of last week, this week, with the series now tied up at 2. A piece. AEW stopping NXT from being that 3 show win streak. And NXT looks to bounce back, of course. But now, who is going to take the 3-2 lead? You're just going to have to find out next Monday for episode 5 of last week, this week week of course if you have any questions thoughts comments or concerns about today's episode do you think aew was the right choice for the victory do you believe nxt was the right choice that mr wild p himself got it absolutely horrendously wrong um let your boy know hit me up with an email over at young lions perspective at gmail.com and let me know your thoughts about that also if you want to find me on any of the social medias you can find me over at Twitter at YL Perspective. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite on Wednesday, SmackDown Live on Friday nights. Unless I have a prior obligation to attend to, I'll let you guys know beforehand. Of course, I do live tweeting for every WWE live pay-per-view, just like I did with Elimination Chamber last night. Every AEW live pay-per-view, like I will for Revolution on March the 7th, every NXT and NXT UK TakeOver special, and of course, if I have nothing else better to do when it's 3.30 in the morning, I do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. If you want to find me over on my Instagram, I can be found over there at young underscore lions underscore perspective. Hit me up with all the memes, 
all the updates. I'll give you updates, 60 second thought videos, anything that comes to mind, I will post it on there. And lucky for you guys, if you have Facebook or my Instagram books, do go over to my page on Facebook. And I can be found over there at Young Lions Perspective. All one word, or simply search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Like the page, share the page, make damn sure that you follow the page. You have over 100 followers over there. I want to thank them so, so much for their continued love and support. Of course, also, once again, make sure you check out the written in war page. The articles of war, I should say. Writteninwar.wordpress.com. Make sure you check it out over there. You all your written needs over there. The cure for the common blog. The common wrestling blog. It's a beautiful thing. When you get down, when you get down. Also, if you are wanting to get some of Yellow merch, the YL collection, you can find it over on Sprint. At just simply search for, just simply type in. I want you to type this into your uh, laptop or cell phone right now. Young dash lions dash perspective dot creator dash spring dot com that is the new url for my teas my spring store i'm trying to get used to saying that my spring store where you can find all of my merch from me for men women and of course the young cubs out there i got everything coffee mugs tapestries beach towels organic tote bags V-necks for the ladies. Premium. Premium cotton. 100%. It's clean. Flowy tank tops. Tank tops for the fellas. Sun's out. Guns out. Season is almost here. And I want to make sure y'all get them tank tops. You dig? Look clean. Look fresh. I got, I'm got. i actually wearing it right now. Looking good. Makes my arms feel a little bit bigger than they usually would. But hey, it is what it is. But yes, make sure you go head over there. Get yourself some of that YLP merch. St. Patrick's Day is actually coming, so you can get some of that in green and rep the podcast in proper YLP fashion. You can do all of that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Of course, Easter's coming. Yeah, I got I got a multitude of colors on everything. And make sure, of course, uh, with quarantine uh, CDC requirements, most places do still require you to wear uh, face coverings or face masks. So get yourself a YLP face mask while you're at it. Okay? It's comfortable. I've seen it. It looked good. It looked clean. I might get me getting myself one uh, for when I go to work and whatnot. But yes, uh, with that, every sale, $1 is taken from that to go to a, a nonprofit to help those in need in terms of child hunger in the United States. So definitely, that is something uh, you definitely want to check that out. Again, young-lines-perspective.creator-spring.com for all your YLP merch needs and happiness. It's a great present. Uh, a self A good self-gift, a uh, gift for a friend. Or, and definitely somebody, all that stuff. Definitely got some thank thanks coming soon down the pike with uh, logos and whatnot. But that's neither here nor there. Anywho, I think I, I believe I fulfilled my obligations for today. I'm going to look over to the country of, let me see, we're going to go to Iceland to ensure that I fulfill my obligations. I believe I am getting the thumbs up from them. So, Episode 298 of the YLP Podcast will be going down this Friday, of course, with, of course, all the news for that's fit for me to talk about on a brand new episode of News of the Week. And I'm sure for certain, Elimination Chamber, of course, happened last night. We'll get a lot of news out of that. Uh, we'll probably get some NXT news 
some AEW news, hopefully some Impact news, maybe a little bit of that New Japan news as well. We shall see. We'll find. We'll see what news we can find throughout the week, and then we'll talk about that this coming Friday to kick off your weekend in proper YLP fashion. I think I got nothing else to talk about. So, as always, enjoy the rest of your Monday. If you're going to be watching Monday Night Raw, as always, my condolences to your sanity. If you're going to be checking out the uh, two AEW Women's World Title Eliminator Tournament matchups, um, definitely something to be checking out. Uh, I might check it out. We'll see how it goes, depending on how I feel. Is what it is. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Enjoy the rest of your week. And I will see you guys right back here this Friday for episode 298 of the YLP Podcast. Have a good night. Good day. Good afternoon. Doesn't matter. See you. This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.